Welcome to the Habits of Leadership podcast, brought to you by Cut Through Coaching, helping leaders and their teams to thrive, professionally and personally. Hello and welcome to another bite-sized episode of the Habits of Leadership podcast. My name is Dan Hasler from Cut Through Coaching and joining me as ever for these bite-sized episodes is my colleague, Mr. Tim Perkins. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning, Timothy. How Hello. are you? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. No worries. I thought I'd get in first because yeah, well I very done. rarely, very rarely <laughs> ask you how you're faring. Yeah, we've had a lot of emails from listeners saying that they... That I seem... I, I, I seem uncaring uncaring you know we did talk about psychological safety in our last <laughs> indeed, session indeed. and uh well this is my bid to boost it here <laughs> well done uh, well is there done. anything i can get for you, yeah, you okay? i wouldn't mind a little cupper actually no yeah. chance no chance <laughs> um so today's bite-sized episode we're talking about something that you and i love to talk about to be perfectly frank and i made the comment to you a couple of years ago that if i was back in my teaching career Self-determination theory mm. is the lens through which I would look at everything that I do. And mm. self-determination theory is the work of Ed DC and Richard Ryan from the yep. States who developed this theory, which I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about, Dan, and oh, why, okay. it makes a, why it makes a foray into this book of yours, Act of Leadership. Well, I think um, you know, a lot of leaders look at their team. A lot of parents look at their kids. With complete disbelief, <laughs> and go, why can't you get off your ass and do something? Yeah. You know, or t or leaders look at their teams and go, seriously, why can't you just do your job? I've uh, asked you, and I've asked you, yeah, I've told you, I've told you, yeah, you're I've getting paid you. for it. You're getting paid for it. Um, you know, or we've given you, um, you know, we've given you rewards. We try and bribe. You know, so I'm thinking of kids here, you know, we'll yeah. bribe them to, to do things and, and obviously in the workplace there's all different kinds of compensation packages and incentives. and incentives, you name it. And yet, a lot of the time, people, you know, leaders, parents, you know, whatever, end up looking at another group of people going, seriously, why can't you just do it? Mm. And, you know, they'll talk a lot about motivation, they'll talk a lot about engagement. And I think self-determination theory is um, it, it gives people, whether they be leaders, parents, educators, they, they, it gives people a different way of thinking about motivation. Mm. I think a bit like mindset, when we spoke about that early, in an earlier um, uh, bite-sized episode, you know, mindset has been portrayed as something that you, mm. the individual, you need to sort out your mindset. And, you know, motivation is similar. You know, we talk about you need to be more motivated here. You need to you need to change your attitude. You need to switch on. And We've got a lot of parents sitting here uh, yeah. biting their fingernails at this point in time. <laughs> and they're going, oh, hang on, I've been trying this for a long time. I keep telling them they've got to yeah. pack the dishwasher and they keep not doing it. <laughs> and, and I think... This is then compounded again then when we talk about extrinsic and intrinsic motivation because the, the, the common wisdom is that extrinsic motivation is the lesser, uh, you know, the lesser form. We should be aiming to really get intrinsic motivation and, in, in, you know, get people, people should be intrinsically motivated. Mm. And that kind of plays into this idea, well, if it's intrinsic motivation, then it's definitely up to you. You've got to sort out your own intrinsic motivation here. And what I think self-determination theory offers us is this realization that it's as much to do with the environment in which you're wanting people to be intrinsically motivated 
as it is the individual who you want to be intrinsically motivated. So it's as much as how as a, as a parent, as an educator, as a leader, how am I setting up the environment which can really play into the, um, the, the requirements, the fundamental elements that are required for people to be intrinsically motivated rather than just compliant, rather than just doing it, oh, well, if I do it, then I'll get something for it. Mm. You know, if I if I do if I do if I pack the dishwasher, then um, you know I can go out tonight. You know, my mum will take mm. me to the movies or something. Or or if I if I do this work, I'll get a mark for it. Or if I do if I make my sales targets, I'll get my bonus. Well, yeah, that's one form of motivation. But what we know is that that form of motivation is very short lived. And what what you end up having to do is increasingly up the rewards in order to get the same level of behavior over time so you know a lot of behavioral science a lot of management theories leadership theories will talk about understanding the importance of intrinsic motivation what how do we make them how do we help them do this because they want to do this um and that's as i say where um the the, the theories of um at dc and richard ryan are really powerful because if we suddenly realize again this isn't a you an us and them thing it's not you you need to sort this is how do we figure this out together so that we can make sure that those that you know the the fundamental requirements for people to want to engage are, are present um we'll come to digging into the theory in in a in a minor way shortly but i, I wanted to ask you dan you use that f that phrase that expression that we use quite a bit around the idea of confusing compliance with engagement yeah We'd like to think, and immediately it takes me to the classroom. You look at a quiet classroom of kids all working, mm. they appear to be incredibly engaged. Mm. I wonder if we scratch the surface a little bit, it's more around the conditions that we've created that have foregrounded compliance mm. over engagement. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts on compliance via engagement. Yeah, I mean, compliance is obviously important for um, societies to run. Um, you might, you know, there's plenty of people who make an argument that that's a very negative thing that people, you know, we force people into compliance and I'm not really going to go into that argument or not. But what, we are, what I will suggest is that it's useful that people comply with road laws, for example. It's useful that people comply with just basic human decency in the work. That, that's useful. What's not so useful? Wearing masks during a pandemic, for, for example. That's useful, useful right? That's helpful, useful, yeah. right? You know, yeah, you can go off on all your crazy ideas as to why it's a thing. That, and you, I respect your right to your opinion, but wear a mask while you're telling it me. That's <laughs> that's that's kind of where I'm at on, on that. Um, that said, whilst it's useful, it's not necessarily um, great, <laughs> for want of a better word, if, if we're thinking about in terms of leadership and, and, and helping people move towards something. So what, what do I mean by that? I, well, you used the example of the kids before. What, what, why are they doing it? Nine times out of ten, why a kid is learning something is because they've been told to. Mm. That's why they're learning it. And that works in a big institutional system like education where they're basically all being funneled through and they're all going to take the same tests, ask the same questions, same qualifications, same endpoint or exit points um, in education. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying it works. It doesn't work when we're trying to engage a group of people to be their best. It doesn't work when we want people to care about the work. Hmm. It doesn't work when we're in times of real change or in times of real stress or pressure and you know, we need people to dig in. It doesn't work then. 
because the first thing that people will do if they're not authentically engaged in the work or the workplace is put their head up and look around for something that's less stressful, less pressured, safer, you name it. And this this is unfortunately where um, a misreading of what engagement is means good people leave organisations, you know, uh, leaders. There's that idea that people don't leave organisations, actually they leave leaders. And a lot of the leaders that they leave might be because they, you know, they've created a place which isn't psychologically safe or perhaps, um, you know, there's a too much criticism or whatever it might be. But another reason can be as well, this person isn't getting the best out of me and they're not getting the best out of me because they're just asking me to do my job. Just do your job. Mm. Authentic engagement relies on these pillars of, well, one, I've got to feel like I belong here. I've got to understand the why of the work. I've got to know that I'm getting better at it. And I've got to have some sense of agency or volition in how I go about my work. And that if you think about those four things, that isn't an individual concept, a sense of belonging. That's not an individual. Yeah, it doesn't you know. stand alone. No, mm. neither does having knowing the why of the work, you know, because that needs to be communicated everywhere by everyone for it to be authentic, for it to be real understanding how I can get better. Very few people get better on their own. They require feedback, they require support, they require mentors, coaches, different experiences. And a sense of volition, you know, it's really hard to have a sense of agency or volition in, an, in a culture and environment which uh, prioritizes compliance over engagement. You see, in compliance, I'm gonna tell you exactly what you do, when you do, how you do it, and whether you do it or not sense of having agency or volition says, well, how do I move the needle on that? I'm not saying you can do anything you want whenever you want and you don't have to do it. Mm. What I'm saying is, how do I have a, a sense of ownership of this work or am I just doing as I'm told? Some fascinating thinking there, Dan, and obviously you dig into that a lot more in the book. Um, tell us quickly about the website, activeleadership.com. I know there's some very tasty resources in relation to this concept of self-determination theory? Absolutely, some very, very tasty. Tasty. Uh, yeah, including um, some interviews with, um, well, two two in particular around the idea of self-determination theory. One with Richard Ryan, of, uh, the, you know, he's one of the co-founders of self-determination theory. And then also a chat with Dan Pink, who um, in his book Drive, um, popularised the work of Ryan and DC. And, and is it's an excellent read and a book that I would, also recommend um, if you get the chance that you should get a hold of. Um, but as you mentioned, activeleadership.com, heaps of resources, uh, Leaders Learning Hub, loads of podcasts to dig into that really basically take the thinking um, from the book and offer other ways in for you to explore this both on an individual and, uh, and a collective level um, with your team. And for those people who would like to link up their teams with the work that we do here at Cut Through Coaching and Consulting, Dan, um, are there links there for people to be able to access that through the website to yeah. make contact with us? Yeah, absolutely. There's um, there's actually a, a link there which says take it to the team. Um, to the team. One of the best ways that we can think about leadership is uh, not as an individual um, concept, but as a as a team concept. And um, yeah, there's, there's all manner of ways that you can embed the learning from the book um, with you and your people. So head over to activeleadership.com and, it, and it's all there. Thanks very much, Dan. Look forward to our next bite-sized episode. Cheers, mate.